Welcome back to the crew. 88.7 WRSU FM New Brunswick, also online at WRSU.org. This is, the, this is the Thursday edition of the crew on WRSU FM New Brunswick. Our guest is now on the line. It's Brian Fonseca of NJ.com. Brian, can you hear us, sir? I can. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. Brian, thanks so much for joining us this evening. We're so pleased that you have joined us, uh, you know, taking time out of your pretty busy schedule uh, to join us. Last night's Rutgers game, it was a tough loss in Ann Arbor. They lost 71-62. to It was a two-point game at halftime. They were down by 14 at one point in the second half. They lost by nine in total. Uh, just curious about how you're feeling about this game. What exactly did you take away from last night's loss, and what exactly went wrong with your view last night with this call on squad yeah well first of all i'm glad to uh be on with you guys it's always a always a pleasure to uh chat some some workers hoops with y'all um my my the thing with the game was just that workers always felt like and see if i go said they were a, a, a step slow last night i think that's probably fair but it felt like they were always right on the cusp of turning things around keeping it within six points for a majority of the game but they just couldn't get you know string a couple buckets together string a couple stops together you know, Paul Mulcahy getting in foul trouble was a big part of that because he's been the engine of this offensive renaissance and him getting in foul trouble, uh, which, I mean, I guess you could argue on a couple of those calls, but the fact is he did get in foul trouble and that and there was really no one else who could step up and fill that void. And then they, once they held on, they held on. Michigan went on that 11-0 run to kind of burst the dam and take a double-digit lead, and Rutgers really, if it couldn't get over a six-point deficit, it really had no chance of getting over a double-digit deficit. So I think one thing that showed was that Rutgers is still struggling on the road. That win over Wisconsin might be a blip and not really a change in in, in trends there. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch next week when they go to Indiana, a game that I think is pretty important for them to turn that trend around. And uh, it's, it's obvious now that Paul Mulcahy might be the most important player on this team, at least on the offensive end, just the way he can uh, create for them. And even when he was in the game, when he wasn't in foul trouble, he was – out of rhythm, missing some shots near the rim that he's been making over the past month. Um, just seemed a bit out of sorts with um, with uh, the way the game was flowing. So I don't think it's a game, a result that really should cause much panic. Yes, they've lost two games in a row, but um, if they can beat Wisconsin at home on Saturday, which is not a given, that Wisconsin's really good, um, it, things will stabilize from there. But I think it's not time to worry for Rutgers fans just yet until they lose a third straight. But it's not great to see Rutgers miss another chance at getting a road win in favorable conditions considering Michigan was down a couple guys. Hey, Brian. Uh, you know, obviously last week, same time today, every single bracketologist had this team in the tournament, and it's not the case as of tonight. What's, the big, what's this team's biggest detractor for making the tournament or not? It's insane how up and down this team's resume is. Um, the biggest attraction is, is all the the bad losses they have, right? Like, as good as their wins are, you know, they have wins against, I think, six or seven of the top eight teams in the conference, which is must. They have the inverse, which is losses to four of the five worst teams in the conference and, and almost a loss to Nebraska, which is miles by miles the worst team in the conference, right? So then they have lost the classic Lafayette loss that everyone talks about. But there's also road losses to UMass, which is an almost 200 team in the net. A game that they led by 17 points, that's going to come back to bite them. A loss at DePaul, which they started off the season well, but DePaul is not a great team. I think they're last in the Big, in the Big East. And uh, that team had seven players available for that game. That's the, that's the first of three losses on the road for Rutgers against teams that had they were missing key players, which is uh, – that, that, that 
that doesn't factor into the net, but it just goes to show the missed opportunity they have. They also have uh, a lot of um, weak uh, – sorry, they have a lot of losses on the road. They have a weak road record. They have the worst road record of any team that's currently on the bubble. And the wins they did get, they had the – it depends on which metric you look at, but I look at Ken Palm's non-conference strength of schedule. Rutgers has the third weakest non-conference schedule in the country. They went 6-4 and four in those games. They had to go to overtime against Lehigh. They lost to Lafayette. And they only beat their teams, aside from a blowout win over, uh, I think it was Central Connecticut, they beat these teams by an average of 15 points, which is just not enough. You have to do what, if you're going to play a weak schedule, you have to do what Iowa did, which Iowa played a bunch of terrible teams, and they absolutely obliterated them, which is a big help in the net. Whether you think it's fair or not, that's a different question, but the fact is the net values blowouts. Iowa blew the doors off the teams. Rutgers did not. So there's a lot of things that track. Uh, for Marker's resume, and I think those are all, it's a combination of all of them. Hey, Brian, it's the uh, Shadow, Brandon Hayes here. Uh, after the four-game winning streak, you know, they lose back-to-back games. I know it's not really a balanced sample size, but from those two games, what have you seen different compared to those four that four-game winning streak? It's tough to, uh, the, the, like you said, the small sample size. And one, there were two games on the road, which Rutgers has, has struggled uh, a lot in. The game against Purdue was tough because, Purdue has a high-powered offense. They're on their on their day. They're one of the best teams in the country, and I think on Sunday they were on their day. Uh, and Rutgers did show some signs of, of good of taking advantage offensively. Purdue is a pretty excuse me. Purdue's pretty weak defensively compared to a lot of the national title contenders, and Rutgers took advantage of that. But they had a they had a really hard time stopping them defensively. So um, it the biggest thing for me is Rutgers' inability to win games on the road. That is that was the issue two years ago. That was that's the issue now. Um, and while they got a huge win at Wisconsin, I really need to see them beat Indiana on the road, a, a pretty a not great Indiana team uh, on the road. To uh, That would really, in my mind, solidify their resume and take one uh, key part of the detractions away, away from it. So um, if there's one thing to take away from those two games, it's that Rutgers is still struggling uh, to win away from the rack. Hey, Brian, Christian Vasquez here. Margin Ferrer is very low for Rutgers now as we're 17 days away from Selection Sunday. What needs to get done in these last few games to get the job done and make that tourney? I think um, it's tough, right? It's tough to, even when we're so close to Selection Sunday, it's tough to know exactly. I think if they win two of their last three regular season games and a game in the Big Ten tournament, they should be fine. Ideally, those two games are at Indiana and Kent State, because while beating Wisconsin would be another nice quad one win, beating Penn State would avoid a, a Q2 or Q3 loss, and beating Indiana would give them a road win. Um, but I think any combination of two wins of the last three in the regular season and a Big Ten win should be enough. I think winning the last three will make them feel pretty safe going into Selection Sunday, barring some wacky scenario where they end up playing Nebraska in the second round of the Big Ten tournament and lose. So um, I think three wins the last three, which is, I don't know how realistic that is, but if they get it, they're going to be in. And uh, if they win two, that'll be, it'll be uh, shaky. So, uh, But it's really tough to tell given how you know unprecedented Rutgers' resume is. Hey, Brian, last question for you here, Doug Willig. So, obviously, you have lots of different metrics, right? You have the net. You can look at Ken Palm. You can look at different bracketologists and you know their different brackets and how they rank different teams. But all the rankings are slightly different. So in your view, if the season just ended today as the standings are right now, would Rutgers be in the tournament? Do you mean, like, would I personally put them in the tournament? Or do you yeah, think- if you had to set up, like, a, like you know, a 
bracket right now, 68 teams, you project you know, conference winners, and you had to pick the 36 at-large bids. Do you think Rutgers has a tournament-worthy resume? I don't think so, given – I mean, I, I would use the metrics, obviously, right? They, their net is 80 right now, 80 or 84. I can't. I think it was 84 this morning, which is 11 spots outside of what the lowest net to ever make the tournament is. Uh, I know people will point to their really good wins, which they have a lot of really good wins. But that was a two-week spurt where they beat those four ranked teams. Outside of that, they've been pretty bad this season. They were terrible in November. They had a bad December outside of that huge win over Purdue. Uh, they had a terrible January, and they had two good weeks in February. So the season is an entire season. It's not just you know the last last month. So I think Rutgers is outside of the field in most bracketologies, bracketologist projections right now, and I think it's fair because the season is four months long. It's not two weeks long. So uh, – Again, while Rutgers had a nice two-week run, an unprecedented run in college basketball history, I think they really hurt themselves earlier on in the season, and uh, they still have some work to do to make up for all of them. Absolutely. Alex Carbonati back here with you, Brian. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. That's Brian Fonseca of NJ.com. Brian, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Again, a back-and-forth season for Rutgers basketball, up, down, left, and right. Let's see how it plays out there, though, with three more games to go in the regular season before Big Ten tournament and possible March Madness tournament bids uh, are in question. Brian, thanks so much again. We appreciate it. You have a great night, and have fun uh, covering the rest of this season. You too, fellas. Thanks for uh, having me on, and I'll talk to you all soon, right? You got it, Brian. That is Brian Fonseca, NJ.com, sports writer. Back here on the crew, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with our locks of the week. This is still hour one of the crew on, on a Thursday evening on WRSU FM New Brunswick. Keep it tuned. We have much more coming for you with an hour 20 left to go of showtime. This is the crew, the, Tuesday, the Thursday edition, rather, pardon me, on WRSU FM New Brunswick. <laughs> 